Section 11 of Omens and Superstitions of Southern India. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Siddharth. Omens and Superstitions of Southern India by Edgar Thurston. Chapter 4 Snake Worship. Very closely connected with the subject of woes and votive offerings is that of worship of snakes, to which woes are made and offerings dedicated. In a note on serpent worship in Malabar, it is stated that even today some corner of the garden of every respectable Tarawad is allotted for snakes. Here a few trees are allowed to grow wild and under them on a Masundi platform one or more sculpted granite stones representing hooded serpents, cobras are consecrated and set up. The whole area is held sacred and a mud lamp is lighted there every evening with religious regularity. I have seen eggs, milk, plantains offered in the evening, after the lamp has been lit at these shrines to invoke the serpent's aid on particular occasions. Such is the veneration in which these shrines are held that Cherumars, Ecrestic serfs, and low caste aborigines who are believed to pollute by the very approach are absolutely interdicted from getting within the persons. Should, however, any such pollute the shrine, the resident snake or its emissary said to apprise the owner of the defilement by creeping to the very threshold of his house and remaining there until the Karanaban or managing member of the family promises to have it duly purified by a Brahmin. Concerning snake worship in Malabar, Mr. C. Karunakar Menon writes as follows, the existence of snake crews is said to owe its origin to Sri Parashurama. According to tradition, Parashurama was an avatar of Vishnu who destroyed the Kshatriya Rajas and retired to Gokarnam in Kanara. He called on Varuna, the god of water, to give him some land. Varuna caused the sea to recede and thus the land called Kerala, including Malabar, came into existence. Brahmins were brought from North India to colonize the new country, but they ran away from the fear of snakes of which it was full. Parasurama then brought in a further consignment of Brahmanas from the north and divided the country into 64 Brahminical colonies. Parasurama advised that a part of every house should be set apart for snakes as household gods. The snake grooves have the appearance of miniature reserved forests as they are considered sacred and there is a strong prejudice against cutting down trees therein. The grooves contain a snake king and a queen made of granite and a tower-like structure made of laterite for the sacred snakes. Snakes were in olden days considered a part of property. Transfer deeds made special mention of the family serpent as one of the articles sold along with the freehold. When a snake is seen inside or in the neighborhood of the house, great care is taken to catch it without giving it least pain. Usually a stick is placed gently on its head and the mouth of an earthen pot is shown to it. When it is in, the pot is loosely covered with a coconut shell to allow free breathing. It is then taken to a secluded spot. The pot is destroyed and the snake set at liberty. It is considered to be polluted by being caught in this way and holy water is sometimes poured over it. Killing a snake is considered a grievous sin. And even to see a snake with its head bruised is believed to be a precursor of calamities. Fierce Malayalis, natives of Malabar, when they see a snake killed in this way, have it burnt with full solemnities attendant on the cremation of a high caste Hindu. The carcass is covered with a piece of silk and burnt in sandalwood. A Brahmin is hired to observe pollution for some days and elaborate funeral oblations are offered to the dead snake. 
In Travancore, there was formerly a judicial ordeal by snakebite. The accused thrust his hand into a mantle in which a cobra was wrapped up. If it bit him, he was declared guilty, if not, innocent. In connection with snake worship in Malabar, Mr. Upendra Pai gives the following details. Among snakes, none is more dreaded than the cobra, Naya Tripudians, which accordingly has gathered round it more fanciful superstitions than any other snake. This has led to cobra worship, which is often performed with special object in view. In some parts of the country, every town or village has its images of cobra rudely carved on stone. These cobra stones, as they are termed, are placed either on little platforms of stone specially erected for them, or at the base of some tree, preferably a holy fig. On the fifth day of the lunar month, Sravan, known as the Nag Panchami, that is, the fifth day of the Nagas, or serpents, these stones are first washed, then milk, curds, ghee, clarified butter, and coconut water are poured over them. Afterwards, they are decorated with flowers and offerings are made to them. Cobra stone is also worshipped at other times by those who have no male children in order to obtain such. But to establish new images of cobra in suitable places is regarded as, is regarded as a surer method of achieving this object. For this, certain preliminary ceremonies have to be gone through, and when once the image has been established, it is, it is the duty of the establisher to see that it is properly worshipped at least once a year on the Nag Panchami day. The merit obtained is proportionate to the number of images thus worshipped, so that pious people to obtain a great deal of merit at the same time to save themselves the expense of erecting many stone images, have several images drawn, each on a tiny bit of thin plate of gold or silver, these images are handed over to some priest to be kept along with other images to which daily worship is rendered. In this way, great merit is supposed to be obtained. It is also believed that such worship will destroy all danger proceeding from snakes. The cobra being thus an object of worship, it is a deadly sin to kill or maim it. For cobra is, in the popular imagination, a Brahmin, and there is no greater sin than that of killing a Brahmin. Accordingly, if anyone kills a cobra, he is sure to contract leprosy, which is the peculiar punishment of those who have either killed a cobra or have led to the destruction of its eggs by digging or ploughing up soil which it haunts, or setting on fire jungle or grass in the midst of which it is known to have lived and breed. In a note on snake worship, Mr. R. Kulat Ayer writes as follows, In Travancore, there is a place called Manarsala, which is well known for its serpent worship. It is the abode of the snake king and queen and their followers. The groove and its premises cover about 16 acres. In the middle of this groove are two small temples dedicated to the snake king and queen. There are also thousands of snakes of granite representing the various followers of the king and queen. Just to the northern side of the temple there is a house, the abode of Nampieti who performs puja, worship, in the temple. In caste, he is lower in grade than a Brahmin. The temple has paddy, rice fields, and estates of its own, and also has large income from various sources. There is an annual festival at this temple, known as Ayilyam Festival, which is celebrated in the months of Kanni and Tulam, September and October. A large number of people assemble for worship with offerings of gold, silver, salt, melons, etc., the sale proceeds of these offerings after a festival would amount to a pretty large sum. On the day previous to the Aeolium festival, 
the temple authorities spent something like 3,000 rupees in feeding the Brahmins. A grand feast is given to nearly 3,000 Brahmins at the house of Dinampiete. On the Ayalyam day, all the serpent gods are taken in procession to the Illam house of Nampiyati by the eldest female member of the house and offerings of Nirum Palum, a mixture of rice flour, turmeric, ghee, water of tender coconuts, etc., boiled rice and other things are made to the serpent gods. It is said that Nirum Palum mixture would be poured into a big vessel and kept inside a room for three days. When the vessel would be found empty, it is supposed that the serpents drink the contents. As regards the origin of this celebrated group, Mr. S. Krishna Iyer, in view of his contributions to the Calcutta Quarterly Review, says that the land from Avur on the south to Aleppe on the north was the site of the Khandwa forest celebrated in Mahabharata, that when Arjuna set fire to it, the serpents fled in confusion and reached Manarsale, and there prayed to gods for protection, that thereupon the earth around was miraculously cooled down, and hence the name Mun e Ari e Sala, the place where earth was cooled. After the serpents found shelter from the Khandava fire, an ancestress of the Nampiyati had a vision calling upon her to dedicate the grooves in some land to the Nagaraja, snake king, and build a temple therein. These commands were obeyed forthwith, and thenceforward the Nagaraja became their family deity. In the Travancore State Manual, Mr. Nagam Ayer referring to Manarsala, says that a member of this Manarsala Illam married a girl of Vittikod Illam, where the serpents were held in great veneration. The girl's parents, being very poor, had nothing to give in the way of dowry. So they gave her one of the stone idols of the serpent, of which there were many in the house. The girl took care of this idol and worshipped it regularly. Soon she became pregnant and gave birth to a male child and a snake. The snake grew up and gave rise to numerous progeny. They were all removed to a spot where the present Kavu groove is. In this Kavu, there are now 4,000 stone idols representing snake gods. Such is the origin of this celebrated groove of central Travancore. On the bank of the river separating Kranganur from the rest of the native state of Kachin is the residence of a certain Brahmin called Pampan Mekhat Snake Guardian, Nambudri, who has been called the High Priest of Serpent Worship. It is recorded by Mr. Karunakar Menon, a respectable family at Angedivirim in Malabar sold their ancestral house to a supervisor in the local Pant PWD, Public Works Department. He cut down the snake grove and planted it up. Some members of the vendor's family began to suffer from some cutaneous complaint. As usual, the local astrologer was called in and he attributed the ailment to the ire of the aggrieved family serpents. This man then went to the Brahmin house of Pampumekat. This Namudri family is a special favorite of the snakes. When a new serpent grove has to be created or if it is found necessary to remove a grove from one place to the other, the ritual is entirely in the hands of these people. When a family suffers from the wrath of serpents, they generally go to this Nambudri house. The eldest woman of the house would hear the grievances of the party and then, taking a vessel full of gingelli, sesame oil, and looking into it, would give out the directions to be observed in satisfying the serpents. Concerning the Pampu Mekat Nambudri, 
Mr. Gopal Panikkar writes that it is said that this Nambudri household is full of cobras which find their abode in every nook and corner of it. The inmates can scarcely move about without placing their feet upon one of these serpents. Owing to the magic influence of the family, the serpents cannot and will not endure them. The serpents are said to be always at the beck and call of the members of this Nambudri family and render unquestioned obedience to their commands. They watch and protect the interests of the family in the most zealous spirit. It is said that every year Nambudri receives many offerings in the shape of golden images of snakes for propitiating the serpent god to ward off calamity or to enlist its aid in the cure of a disease or for the attainment of a particular object. It is well known that the Nambudri has several hundreds of these images and other valuable offerings, the collection of centuries amounting in value over a lakh of rupees. This aroused the cupidity of a gang of decoits robbers who resolved some years ago to ease the Nambudri of a great portion of his treasure. On a certain night, armed with lattes, sticks, slings, torches, and other paraphernalia, the decoits went to the illum and forcibly effecting an entrance, bound the senior Nambudri's hands and feet, throwing and threw him on his breast. This precaution taken, the keys of the treasure room were demanded, the alternative being further personal injury. To save himself from further violence, the keys were surrendered. The decoits secured all the gold images, leaving the silver ones severely alone, and departed. But directly they went past the gate of the house, many snakes chased them, and in the twinkling of an eye, each of the depredators had two snakes coiled round him, others investing the gang and threatening with uplifted hoots and hisses to dart at them. The decoits remained stunned and motionless. Meantime, the authorities were communicated with, and the whole gang was taken into custody. It is said that the serpents did not perch an inch until the arrival of the officers. Other marvelous stories of the way in which snakes carry out their trusts are narrated. A section of Ambalavasis, or temple servants in Malabar, called Teyambadis, the members of which dance and sing in Bhagavati temples, perform a song called Nagapattu, song in honor of snakes, in private houses, which is supposed to be effective in procuring offspring. In many houses of the Thians of Malabar, offerings are made annually to a bygone personage named Kunnath Nair and to his friend and disciple Kunhirayan, a Mappila Muhammadan. According to the legend, the Nair worshipped the kite until he obtained the command and control over all the snakes in the land. There are Mappila devotees of Kunnath Nair and Kunhirayan who exhibit snakes in a box and collect arms for a snake mosque near Manarkhat at the foot of the Niligri hills. A class of snake charmers in Malabar called Kuravan go about the country exhibiting snakes. It is considered to be a great act of piety to purchase these animals and set them at liberty. The vagrant Kakkanlans of Travancore, who are said to be identical with the Kakka Kuravans, are unrivaled at a dance called Pambattam, snake dance. The Pulavans of Malabar are astrologers, medicine men, and, and priests and singers in snake groups. According to legend, they are descended from a male and female serpent who were exiled by a Brahmin in connection with the rescuing by the female of a snake which escaped when the Gandava forest was set on fire by Agni, the god of fire.
and other legend records how a five-footed snake fled from the burning forest and was taken home by a woman and placed in a room. When her husband entered the room, he found an anthill from which the snake issued forth and bit him. As the result of a bite, the man died, and his widow was left without means of support. The snake consoled her and devised a plan by which she could maintain herself. She was to go from house to house and cry out, Give me arms and be saved from snake poisoning. The inmates would give arms and the snakes which might be troubling them would cease to annoy. For this reason the Puluvas, when they go with their potram, Puluvakudam, to a house, are asked to play and sing songs which are acceptable to snake gods, in return for which they receive a present of money. A Puluvan and his wife preside at the ceremony called Pamban Tullal which is carried out with the object of propitiating the snake gods. Concerning this ceremony, Mr. L. K. Anantakrishna Nair writes as follows. A pandal, put, supported by four poles driven into the ground, is, is put up for the purpose, and the tops of the poles are connected with the network of strings, over which a silk or red cloth is spread to form a canopy. The pandal is well decorated and the floor below is slightly raised and smoothed. A hideous figure of the size of a big serpent is drawn in rice floor, turmeric, curcuma longa, kubwa, curcuma angustifolia, powdered charcoal and a green powder. These five powders are essential for their colors are visible on the necks of the serpents. Some rice is scattered on the floor and on the sides, and ripe and green coconuts are placed on a small quantity of rice and paddy, unhusked rice on each side. A puja for Ganapati, the elephant god, is performed to see that the whole ceremony terminates well. A good deal of frankincense is burnt, and a lamp is placed on a plate to add to the purity, sanctity and solemnity of the occasion. The members of the house go close by. It often happens that members of several neighboring families take part in the ceremony. The women from whom devils have to be cast out bathe and take their seats on the western side, each with a flower pot of the areka palm. The Pulavan with his wife or daughter begins his shrill musical tunes on serpents, vocal and instrumental alternately, as they sing the young female members appear to be influenced by the modulation of the tones and the smell of the perfumes. They gradually move their heads in a circle which soon quickens and long locks of hair are soon let loose. These movements appear to keep time with the Puluvan's music. In an unconscious state, they beat upon the floor and wipe off the figure drawn. As soon as this is done, they go to a serpent group close by where there may be a few stone images of serpents before which they prostrate themselves. They now recover their consciousness and take milk, water of the green coconut and the plantain fruits and ceremony is over. In connection with the Pamban Tullal, Mr. Gopal Panika writes that sometimes the gods appear in the bodies of all these females and sometimes only in those of the select few or none at all. The refusal of the gods to enter into such persons is symbolical of somewhat of cleanliness in them, which contingency is looked upon as a source of anxiety to the individual. It may also suggest the displeasure of the gods towards the family in respect of which the ceremony is performed. In either case, 
Such refusal on the part of gods is an index of their ill will or dissatisfaction. In cases where the gods refuse to appear in any one of those seated for the purpose, the ceremony is prolonged until gods are so propitiated as to constrain them to manifest themselves. Then, after the lapse of the number of days fixed for the ceremony, and after the will of the serpent gods is duly expressed, the ceremony is closed. Sometimes it is said it may be considered necessary to rub away the figure as many as one hundred and one times, in which case the ceremony is prolonged over several weeks. Each time the snake design is destroyed, one or two men with torches in their hands perform a dance, keeping a step to the polovan's music. The family may eventually erect a small platform or shrine in the corner of their grounds and worship at it annually. The snake deity will not, it is believed, manifest himself if any of the persons or articles required for the ceremony are impure, and the potrum has been polluted by the touch of a menstruating female. The Puluvan, from whom a drum was purchased for the Madras Museum, was very reluctant to part with it, lest it should be touched by an impure woman. In addition to the potrum, the, the Puluvans play on a lute with snakes painted on the reptile skin, which is used in lieu of parchment. The skin in a specimen which I acquired is apparently that of the big lizard Varanus bengalensis. The lute is played with a bow to which a metal ball is attached. In the Madras Census Report, 1871, Surgeon Major Cornish says that there is a place near Vyasarpadi, close to Madras, in which the worship of the living snakes draws crowds of votaries who make holiday excursions to the temple, generally on Sundays, in the hope of seeing the snakes which are preserved in the temple grounds. And he adds, Probably as long as the desire of offspring is a leading characteristic of the Indian people, so long will the worship of the serpent or of the snake stones will be a popular cult. He describes further how at Rajamandri in the Telugu country he came across an old anthill by the side of a public road on which was placed a stone representing a cobra and the ground all round was stuck over with pieces of wood carved very rudely in the shape of a snake. These were offerings left by the devotees at the abode taken up by an old snake, who would occasionally come out of its hole and feast on the eggs and key, clarified butter left for him by his adorers. Around this place he saw many women who had come to pray at the shrine. If they chanced to see the cobra, the woman was interpreted favorably, and their prayers for progeny would be granted. Concerning snake worship in the Tamil country, Mr. W. Francis writes as follows, A vow is taken by the childless wives to install a serpent, Naga Pratishtai, if they are blessed with an offspring. The ceremony consists in having a figure of a serpent cut in a stone slab, placing it in a well for six months, giving it life, Prana Pratishtai, by reciting mantrams and performing other ceremonies over it, and then setting it up under a people tree, Ficus religiosa, which has been married to a Margosa, Melia Azad director. Worship, which consists mainly in going round the tree one or eight times, is then performed to it for the next 45 days. Similar circumambulations will also bring good luck in a gentle way if carried out subsequently. 
It is further recorded by Mr. F. R. Hemingway that Brahmins in the higher Vailalans think that children can be obtained by worshipping the cobra. Vailalans and Kallans perform the worship on a Friday. Among the Vailalans, this is generally after the Pongal festival. Vailalans make an old woman cry aloud in the backyard that a sacrifice will be made to the cobra next day and that they pray it would accept the offering. At the night time of sacrifice, cooked jaggery, crude sugar and rice, burning ghee in the middle of rice flour and an egg are offered to the cobra and left in the backyard for its acceptance. The Pallis annually worship the cobra by pouring milk on an anthill and sacrificing a fowl near it. Valayans, Pallans and Parayans sacrifice a fowl in their own backyards. In the Tamil country, children whose birth is attributed to a vow taken by childless mothers to offer a snake cut on a stone slab sometimes have a name bearing reference to snakes given to them. That is Seishachalam, Seishamma, Nagappa or Nagamma, Naga, Nagasa or Nageshwara occurs as the name of a totemistic exogamous sept or gotra of various classes in Ganjam and Vishakhapatnam. In the Odia caste of farmers in Ganjam, members of the Nagabonzo sept claim to be descendants of Nagamuni, the serpent Rishi. Nagavadam, Cobra's Hood, is the name of a subdivision of the Tamil Pallish, who wear an ornament called Nagavadam, representing a cobra in the delighted lobes of the earth, and that is White and Thomas Hills, which have been repeatedly referring to in this chapter, are frequently inhibited by cobras, and offering milk, fruit, and flowers are consequently made to them on certain ceremonial occasions. Thus it is recorded by Reverend J. Chain that, that when he was living in Ellore Fort in the Godavari district in September 1873, a large crowd of people, chiefly women and children, came in and visited every white ant hill, poured upon each of their offerings of milk, flowers and fruit, to the intense delight of all the crows in the neighborhood. The day was called Nagula Chaturdi, the fourth day of the eighth lunar month and was said to be the day when Vasuki, Takshaka and the rest of the thousand Nagulu were born to Kashipa Brahma by his wife Kadruva. The other chief occasions when these anthills are restored are resorted to are when people are affected with earache or pains in the eye and certain skin diseases. They visit the anthills and pour out milk, cold rice, fruit, etc. and carry away part of the earth which they apply to the troublesome member, and if afterwards call in a Brahmin to repeat a mantra or two, they feel sure the complaint will soon vanish. Many parents first cut their children's hair near one of these hillocks and offer the first fruit of the hair to serpents residing there. The colossal figure of Gomateshwara, Gummatta or Gomataraya, as Tramadabelagola in Mysore, is represented as surrounded by white ant hills from which snakes are emerging, and with a climbing plant twining itself around the legs and arms. On the occasion of the snake festival in the Telugu country, the Boya woman worshipped the Nagala Swami, snake god, by fasting and pouring milk into the holes of white ant hills. By this, double object is fulfilled. 
the ant hill is a favorite dwelling of the cobra and was moreover the burial place of Valmiki, from whom the Boyas claimed to be descended. Valmiki was the author of the Ramayana and is believed to have done penance for so long in one spot that a white ant hill grew up around him. On the Nag Panchami day, Lingayats worshipped the image of snake made of earth from a snake's hole with offerings of milk, rice, coconuts, flowers, etc. During the month of Asvija, Lingayat girls collect earth from ant hills and place it in a heap at the village temple. Every evening they go there with wave offerings and worship the heap. At the Deepavali festival, the Gamallas Telgu Thodi drawers bathe in the early morning and go in wet clothes to an ant hill, before which they prostrate themselves and pour a little water into one of the holes. Round the hill they wind five turns of the cotton thread and return home. Subsequently, they come once more to the ant hill with a lamp made of floor paste carrying the light. They go three or five times round the hill and throw split pulse, fasciolus mungo, into one of the holes. On the following morning, they again go to the hill, pour milk into it, and snap the threads wound round it. The famous temple of Supramanya in South Canara is said to have been in charge of Supramanya Stanikas, temple servants, till it was wrested from them by Shivali Brahmins. In former times, the privilege of, st of sticking a golden ladle into a heap of wood piled up in the temple on the Shasti day is said to have belonged to the Sthanikas. They also brought earth from an anthill on the previous day. Food from the heap and some of the earth are received as sacred articles by devotees who visit the sacred shrine. At the Smasanna Kollai festival, in honor of the goddess Angalamma at Malayanur, some thousands of people congregate at the temple. In front of the stone idol is a large ant hill on which two copper idols are placed, and a brass vessel is placed at the base of the hill to receive the various offerings. At a wedding among the Normand Lombardies, the bride and bridegroom pour milk into an ant hill and offer coconuts, milk, etc., to the snake which lives therein. During the marriage ceremonies of the Dandasis, village watchman in Gunzum, a fowl is sacrificed at an anthill. At a bather, Kainara's cultivator wedding, the earth from an anthill is spread near five water pots and on it are scattered some array on husked rice and thal, Kajanus indicus seeds. The spot is visited later on and the seeds should have sprouted. End of section 11